This podcast is brought to you by the drive to create things. I've um I just I just made it. Hi. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, today I have a podcast with my friend Joe from the sauna. And I first met Joe in the sauna probably almost a year ago. And after meeting him, I actually got in my car and started talking to my voice memos. Here's some of that. I'm leaving the gym. I go to the gym. I do the sauna. I love the sauna. Things, more things come out. Words come out of people. And sharing feels uh, natural is what I find. Maybe if I, if I were to continue with the podcast and grow, I'd put a microphones in my sauna. This evening, I was in there with a man named Joe. And Joe, um, you know, he connected with me about Adderall. He had taken Adderall when he was, I'm not sure when he started, but he at one point um, accidentally took twice his dose, stayed up for an evening, and then the next day at work, a coworker noticed something was wrong with him. They checked his blood pressure, and uh, it was outrageous, and Joe was having a heart attack, and he went to the hospital for, for I guess, cardiac arrest. And he said that he would talk to me on this podcast. And um, it, But a lot of people I meet once I... Because now that I'm writing this book that has ADD, Adderall, and psychedelics in it, you know, I talk about it with the cashier person at the gas station. Oh, yeah, I used to take a lot of Adderall. I just talk about it all the time. And so often people are like, oh, I'm on it right now. Or, oh, my boyfriend takes it. And it messes with our sex life. Or just, you know, it just once you mention it it comes out and same with psychedelics i'm like they're like how did you get up oh you know i drank ayahuasca what's that oh we talk about ayahuasca together and it's like oh yeah you know i'm i'm all this stuff and so many of us are doing psychedelics and are doing amphetamines and we don't talk about it and that's crazy you know the clip goes on and it's actually a pretty interesting kind of rant and I'm going to put it at the end of the interview because I I want to move it along and introduce my friend Joe from the sauna. We had a really nice talk. He came to my house and we pet my dog while we talked. So for the next portion of the show, it's going to be me and Joe. And one more thing before I go is that I published a book. It's called Hocus Focus coming of age with ADD and its medicines. It chronicles my experience of taking amphetamines from age 7 till 23 or 24 and a whole lot of adventures and other things. Um, it's hard for me to describe it because the book describes itself so well, but it can be found anywhere. Books are sold on the internet. You can find out about it at rlkramer.us. And you had told me stories about your experience with a certain substance. I don't know if you want to tell me about how that started, how that how you, how you sure. were introduced. Sure. So uh, it's going way back to my high school days, let's say around 2005. Had some trouble focusing at school. Mom got involved, sent me to a psychiatrist, and uh, ultimately what he determined was that, you know, I need a, pres- a prescription for a high dose of Adderall. What dose is high? So he started me at 50 milligrams extended release. Um, and then I was also on a single dose non-extended release of 50 milligrams in the morning. So it was basically 100 milligrams between the 50 milligram dose in the morning and then the 50 milligram extended release. 
So you were taking 100 milligrams of Adderall every 24 hours? Every 24 hours. How much did you weigh? Um, at the time, I was probably 160, 170 pounds. Seriously? So it was, it was a very high dose. And that's um, where you started? That's where I started. And, and for your, the ADD that you had, what was going on? Like what kind of behavior initiated this intervention? So I had gotten into some trouble at school, and uh, you know I think it was more so my mom wanted to try to find the root of that issue and what it was. And then when I finally got to talking to the psychiatrist, it you know led to an Adderall prescription. Now if I go back even further to elementary school time, I was in um, ESOL because my teachers were noticing that I was having a very hard time focusing. Um, in class and what I remember listening to was hearing the lawnmowers in the field across the street you know mowing down the large field and that's all I could hear I couldn't hear the teacher talking I would just hone in on that um, so it really started the attention side of it early on in my life but it didn't really become a problem till I started being a high school kid and getting in trouble yeah mixing that with testosterone exactly yeah. teenage hormones yeah. um, so bringing it back to my high school days um, getting in trouble ended up going to see the psychiatrist and he prescribed me that what I consider a very high dose to start out on Adderall yes five times my dose yes yeah. so what I noticed and, and what I was also involved with, with at the same time I had started smoking pot um, and it was kind of like the, the Adderall mixed with the pot was kind of counterintuitive. Like the, the pot would level me out, calm me down, and then the Adderall in a way, being an amphetamine, would speed everything up. Um, so it was kind of like a, a give and take going through it. And it was really hard for me, especially at such a high dose, to cope with that or adjust to it. Were you smoking weed every day? Not every day, but frequently, a few times yeah. a week. And then, you know, as time would progress and I got older and then graduated, you, you know, I was smoking pretty much daily. Yeah. So from sophomore year, let's say 15 years old, um, through my junior year of college, I was on that high of a dose. Um, consistently seeing my psychiatrist once a month and the prescriptions just kept coming at a certain point in my discussions with him you know the the pot topic kind of became more pre prevalent and almost in a way it took over the conversation because I went to him and he said you know this was me coming back after summer of sophomore year of college went to see him because he wouldn't refill my prescription for Adderall. Why wouldn't he? Until I saw him again. Oh, I just wanted to check in. Yep. So while I was away at Salisbury for about six months, he was just mailing me my prescription um, just to make it easier. Mm -hmm. um, so that summer he said, look, I can't refill anymore until you come and do a visit with me. Yeah, you shouldn't have been doing that. Correct. Yeah, I had the same. Correct. So I went to see him and, you know, he sat me down and he's like, hey, Joe, you know, how's it going? You know, is the Adderall still working? Do you feel you need it? How's school been? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
And I said, look, Doc, you know, I'm not really sure if it's helping or hurting me at this point. You know, I feel like smoking pot has kind of given me a, a state of calm and a state of serenity. And I'm noticing that if I don't take my Adderall in the morning, I can get through my day a lot better without it if I don't. So long as I wake up, smoke a joint, I'm good. So you're self-medicating. Correct. And he, you know, he gave me the whole spiel, like, you know, you have the rest of your life to, to smoke pot and, you know, the, the father speech, if you will, (laughs) you know? Um, and he said, but I'm not going to tell you to stop. If you feel it's working, you know, that may be your solution. Mm -hmm. So what we came to terms with at the end of that, that, uh, session was, you know, he's going to drop my prescription back. So he dropped me, took me off of extended release completely. And he dropped me back to um, 25 milligrams a day. I didn't take any of them after that meeting. And here's why. When he dropped me back, um, sorry, let me go, let me fall back here. Right before finals, um, I was still on my extended release, that 100 milligrams a day. Um, at the time I was working at the pool, I was managing the staff there and, uh, I had a final at 11 AM. I had a lifeguard shift from five to 10. I studied up all night. I took an extended release at 11 PM the night before to get me through the night so I could stay up, study, and then get through my shift. When I got in at 5 AM for my shift, my boss was there and she looked at me and she's like, Joe, you don't look good. What I was experiencing at that time was sweats, pale, completely flush. Um, my hands were shaking like this and I didn't know what was going on. She took my blood pressure. It was 220 over 155. My pulse was 180. And she's like, dude, you're, you're, I'm taking you to the hospital. Like, we'll, we'll figure this shift out, close down the pool. They took me to the hospital. So, because of that extended release extra dose that I took at 11 p.m. that night, I essentially was diagnosed with a mild heart attack. Um, From that point on, I had stopped the Adderall. But I wanted to still meet with my psychiatrist. I enjoyed the conversation. That was helpful. So, you know, I was entertaining the refill of the prescription mm-hmm. just to kind of clear my head with him. What do you mean clear your head with to to get my thoughts out you were just to a neutral that. party yeah you know and converse with him I hadn't seen yeah, him in 6 as a months psychologist, basically. exactly yeah use him for what he's what his job is other than prescription writing exactly and and you know you're taking it just to track back a little you're taking it for for studying and stuff like that you found it effective Right. Yes. And what, how would you describe that like effectiveness for you? How did it? Um, what was it? The the difference in who you are on it. Totally different person. Um, like entirely different person. If I on the days where I took my Adderall and did not smoke, whether it was studies, video gaming, mm-hmm. beer pong, whatever event or activity that I was doing. 
I was like tunnel vision focused. It worked. Yeah. And it worked great. I know. But um, it would give me kind of this. It's a really hard feeling to describe. It's it, it, almost like on edge. You understand? Like emotionally. Emotionally. Yeah. And and physically jittery. Yeah. But in that headspace, I was still laser focused. But I could tell like I wasn't myself. Like my buddies came to me and tried to steer my attention in a different direction. It wasn't happening. But if I mix that with weed, I had the ability to not only be laser focused, but I could shift that focus to different directions. And it wasn't, I wasn't getting that, um, the jitters, I wasn't getting the, um, it takes the edge off. weird feeling. Exactly. I used to combine them all the time. Exactly. And I had an idea that like Adderall would give you the follow through. To go with whatever silly idea the weed has. Yep. So yep. You, <laughs> yep. like usually Absolutely. you have an idea and you're like, nah, you know. Absolutely. The amount of like, no, the we'll amount stay of until five in the morning knocking this thing out. The amount of stupid shit that I got myself into. Yeah. Because of that combination. <laughs> yeah. Is exceptional. <laughs> what are some examples? What kind of oh, are you man. doing projects and things like that or just No, like I wasn't that big of a drinker in college. My college roommates were. And when the, while they're getting drunk, you know, I'm on that combination of, of weed and Adderall. Yeah. And like you said, it kind of ropes you into whatever activity is going on around you. And what I found on some occasions were they would be doing stupid drunk stuff. For instance, we had a large backyard where we had built a fire pit. And there was a fire hose laying in the street. You know, it was just cut off. It wasn't an active fire hose or anything. Just laying in the street. So we, we had the brilliant idea to use that as a rope swing. So my drunk buddy climbed up into the tree about 20 feet, hung the rope swing, and then all of us on all that mixture of substance. Were you sharing that or else with your buddies? Occasionally. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they would, you know, we got into, hey, the brilliant idea of, hey, let's, see who can swing the furthest over on top of the fire pit you know <laughs> just just brilliant college fire, things yeah. like that yeah you know what i mean or you know it'd be 3 a.m they're up drunk i'm just chilling um hey joe let's go walk the streets of salisbury in the middle of the night yeah okay so be it so you know just getting into things that you normally wouldn't be in the mindset to do yeah you know what i mean and i, I found different interests yeah. Yeah. It's like it's a whole different personality. Yep. And I, I don't know, like socially I was weird too. Very socially awkward, I found. Hard to date. I don't know if you experienced that. It was I was weird on dates sometimes. Yeah, it was it was I did experience that a time or two. It was it was almost like it was hard to engage in the conversation. Yeah. Like especially on such a high dose like I described to you that that laser focus but sometimes if, you know, it kind of comes in waves as, especially with extended release, mm. as the first dose kind of wears off, there's kind of a little bit of a gap and it would pull me in a different direction. And then as that dose came back in, when the second dose of the extended release would hit, yeah. 
it would pull me back in yeah. to my focus. So, you know, I can't so much relate to the dating aspect, but just general life, it would take me from highly interested in one thing that I was doing, then I would fall out of that, and then it might not snap me into the same thing, but it would I'd fall into something else. So you get yeah, like you're focused on your distractions. Correct. So it's like you're still distracted. It's Correct. Just now, so it was, it was kind of yeah, counterintuitive. You're not like lazy about it. Right. I was all into my distraction, and then I'd be pulled out, not know where you know, not not necessarily where I was, but not know where to go mm. with what I was doing. When when and it then, wore off. When it wore off, yeah. and then when the second dose would activate and kick in, I would get pulled into whatever I was doing in that moment. And it really messed with my life. Yeah, it's like, like just it's ping ponging with your consciousness in yep. that way and stuff like yep. that. But were you doing better in school? You know, that's that's a question. That's what they want, right? <laughs> I I want to answer that yes. Yeah. But no, because prior to getting to Salisbury, I had gone to two different universities prior to that, and a lot of my credits didn't transfer. So. I'm trying to focus, I'm trying to use this Adderall to help me get through the studies, mm-hmm. not for me. And what I found was if I'm interested in something, I'm all in, 100%, 110%. Um, Salisbury, by the time I got there, I was taking English and history and math for the you know 15th time, third time in college. I had absolutely no interest in it. So the Adderall was almost counterintuitive because I was focusing on things that I shouldn't be focusing on. And I had no desire to do any of those studies. Um, once I got, had that meeting with my psychiatrist, he refilled my prescription. We had the conversation about how weed was helping me. Um, the next school year, I didn't take a dose better at all. How did you do great? Did it? I did much better. But there was, it was also because I got into the core curriculum mm. of what I was interested in. So you were excited about it. Again. I was excited about it and invested. And, and with your withdrawal from Adderall, like, did you experience much withdrawals? Or were you so kind of like so shocked to have had a heart attack, a cardiac arrest, that you were like, did that scare you away and you didn't really have a temptation? Like, uh, it scared what, me to, what was the fallout of that? It, it scared me to death. Did you feel like you were dying? I did feel like I was dying. I, well... Yes and no. I felt like I was dying, but I also felt like, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, nothing felt right. Did not feel myself. I'd never felt anything like that before. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's so, it's so, it's so great you're with a literal lifeguard. Yes. Yes. Because I mean, thank, thank God. Do. Thank yeah. God. But I, I didn't necessarily experience too much withdrawal because... Once I stopped the Adderall, my smoking intensified tenfold. It became... So you, you cushioned the blow of amphetamine withdrawal with the copious weed. Not purposely. Yeah, but maybe. But it was, you know, getting yourself off one thing, and there's a void there. Yeah. You know, you've had that for eight, nine years now. Mm-hmm. And then you go cold turkey. You have to fill that void with something. Yeah. And after the conversation with my psychiatrist and the, the personal experience and, and I'll call it research 
that I went through with the mixing of marijuana and Adderall. Research is like research lab uh, research on your own body. <laughs> essentially, yeah, essentially, yeah. just testing it out. Know, yeah, um, it went. You know, I kind of realized that hey, marijuana is helping me. I enjoy it. Yeah, I feel like I'm myself when I'm high versus on Adderall and high, you know, there was even a difference there. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I essentially use marijuana as a self-medication and stopped cold turkey with the Adderall. And then from there on out, I was smoking daily heavily. For how long are you still? I am no longer smoking right now. Um, but I, the last time I took Adderall was 2012. And I can say I've smoked almost daily or daily since then, up until middle of last year. And now, now it's it's you know pretty much strictly recreational. Um, I found that I, I don't need marijuana to fill that void anymore. You know, I, I'll, I'll chalk it up to growing up and yeah. life getting in the way and too busy to be high all day. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good thing. It is a good thing, yeah. but I cannot say that it did not help me tremendously. So you think, like with the ADD thing, do you think you had something, like a knot or a blockage or something in your brain that worked differently and these substances straightened it out over time? Like, do you think that they, or do you think that it was all kind of, because I, I wonder this myself, that did I have something wrong, took the Adderall for years, adjusted, and did? Or had I not taken anything, would I have figured that out anyways? You know, about the... It's a good question. I, I think there's no doubt in my mind I had a need for Adderall. When you were 15? No. When I was, when I was younger, younger, you know, elementary school age, and up through maybe my first couple of years of college. Because it really was, I had to train my brain to kind of noise cancel out exterior sounds. Like that saw, mm -hmm. that would throw me off all day, elementary school through. Like if, if you were the teacher yeah. sitting in front of me, I would be listening to that. Same. No, I, I used to. It's like Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. Like that's it, exactly. I'm talking about this. I just remembered that I used to sometimes in my house. Um, if I wanted to read a book in my bed, I'd wait between the gaps in the air conditioning circuit. You know how the air conditioners pause? I have done that too. So I'd say, the, the, and then, oh, I can read. You know, so. I have done that too. And I also, I, I know, and, and the amount of concerts and stuff I've been to over the years, I, mm -hmm. I know my hearing has diminished. So you think that's helpful? <laughs> the concerts helped in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. You had too good hearing. You had to... Yeah, so when I was young, I recall hearing something shatter in the basement and this was the middle of the night i'm up on the, the second floor um and i ran into my parents room and i said mom i heard something and she's like don't don't worry about it honey go back to bed the next morning she goes down to do the laundry and there's a fluorescent bulb shattered on the basement floor so after that event she took me to get my hearing tested and it was determined i had you know naturally significantly good hearing above average so I think that had a lot to do with 
So you, my, you had a my distractions. Sensitivity. Yes. Yeah. And that's what led to the ESOL. It wasn't so much the distractibility side as far as a, like a learning disability is concerned, but it was just I had such good hearing that I was tuning into the wrong things. Mm. Um, and I think I, I don't think Adderall would really make a difference with that. But it, it did. It, or it, it did to an extent. Or but it let you override it. I think it let me override it because it would, it would hone my attention in so much that it would hone everything else out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as you, as you grow older, there's more distractions. There's your friends. There's, you know, more difficult studies through middle school, high school. There's girls, you know. Yeah. All those different distractions. There's sports. There's everything out there that you as a kid start diving into. Um, I, I think having all of that in addition to my good hearing, in addition to what the teachers were saying with my distractibility, ultimately led my mom to that initial psychiatrist appointment amongst me getting in trouble acting up as a adolescent teenager, you yeah. know? Um, but circling back to your to your initial question um i i think had i not taken adderall at all and discovered weed earlier i think i would have gotten in a lot more trouble so i think i think it was helpful you needed something i needed something yeah to keep me from running rampant Wearing headphones in school would have helped or something. Maybe. You know, because I just wonder. Maybe. Like how, and I mean, I think it's fair to say that the education system is trash to start with. So what we're being asked to do is kind of crazy in the first place. Absolutely. Someone who's an electrician. Absolutely. Someone who does a trade like this, sitting at a desk and staring at papers and listening to someone talk. That's where it's, that's where it's flawed. Yeah, no adult would do that. There's so much diversity out there amongst people. Mm-hmm. You have people like my brother. He's an MIT aerospace engineer. Okay, brilliant. But when it comes to hands-on technical things, he's not the greatest. Yeah. Can he engineer you something? Oh, you, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's there's kind of a fine line and a, a like a diverse mix of people. Some are good with their hands. Some are good with their brain. Some are good, you know, creativity-wise. Artist, artistry, like you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I definitely needed something. I don't know that it's Adderall. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm going. I'm thinking about a lot. And like, what what else can you do with that kid? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Right. Right. I mean. That isn't a high-powered stimulant, because the jury's out on long-term mm-hmm. effects, and we'll discover as we age. Yep. I mean, even to this day, because of Adderall, I'm on high blood pressure medicine. Oh, really? on High blood pressure medicine. It left you with that, so you had regular blood pressure prior to Adderall, and after. This? I was I was a swimmer. I was a mm-hmm. U.S. swimming. I had Olympic trial cuts. I was very good. After my heart attack, I had. Prior to the heart attack, I had no no issues, mm-hmm. no health issues at all, no high blood pressure, no concerns, no nothing. Biggest concern, if you ask my mom, was my weed smoking. Okay, 
Um, after that, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure and I've been medicated since. Mm. This year, actually this past month, I've undergone a stress test. I've changed my, you know, I'm now seeing a cardiologist regularly before the blood pressure medicine was administered through my primary care. Um, I've done an echocardiogram to check that my heart hasn't increased in size due, due from the effects of Adderall that caused the heart attack and the effects of the blood pressure medicine that I've now been on for 10 years. Um, thank God it all came back normal. Yeah. But had I not taken Adderall, I wouldn't be in that position. Yeah. No, I pushed a blood clot in me. Weed would not have done that. No. No, weed doesn't have the same physiological... Correct. It's all psychological. Correct. It's now, would have it led? Lungs. Would have it? Would it have led to more issues? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm thankful that I kind of had that, like I said, that that kind of experiment with myself, that research within myself, with Adderall. And weed at the same time, mm -hmm. because it kind of taught me how to adjust and regulate myself on substances yeah yeah i think that too i mean i think that once i you know people were offering me other things the idea of taking something is like sure yeah why not i'm not afraid of giving my mind and body over to something for an evening or yeah, whatever it yeah, was you know maybe, maybe really for better or for worse i mean in the end for better i think i feel through some of those things but absolutely but that, that's, I guess, the conflict, because I have sometimes resent Adderall completely, because just I just do. Yep. You know, I'm, you just, too. I'm just like, you dirty scoundrel of a medication, <laughs> you made me a speed head, yep. and now you've forever changed my personal expectation of productivity. Absolutely. So now I'm always in the shadow of that productivity in some way. But at the same time, I wonder, is there this kind of weird thing where did it wire my brain to, to be the way it is? Is that good or bad? You know, did it teach me grit or something? You know, like... Sure. Have you ever wondered if it's sparked your creativity side? Or has that always been there for you? I've always been pretty on the creative side. Okay. But at, on Adderall, I would, I would chase my tail into creative projects for long yeah. periods of time yep. to make things that were practically meaningless just sure. because the experience was so pleasurable. Pleasurable and it kept you busy. It exactly. kept your mind busy. And I think the hardest thing to have done would be nothing. Yeah. Like, you have to do something. If there's nothing to do, pull out the stove and clean under it, whatever. I would sure. clean. Sure. I don't know if you cleaned. Oh, yeah. I loved cleaning on Adderall. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I would clean the house like OCD. Yeah. I just liked to I see it. I would start and I couldn't stop. But it, it was like, sometimes I felt like I was watching a show, like my hands were a show. And... Like, I'd look at the kitchen and be like, I bet I can transform that into what a kitchen is, like, supposed to look like. Yep. Textbook style. Yep. No, no, nothing left unturned. Perfect. What I found in those first couple of years of taking Adderall before, you know, I, it's not that I wasn't open to change or unaccepting of change. I just was content with how things were. When I started taking Adderall, what I noticed is... I would rearrange my room monthly. And I would I would walk in one day, get home from school, and be like, I don't like the way this is. Mm -hmm. And I would spend hours 
rearranging different things, you know, move my bed to this corner, then to this corner, move the dresser over here. Yeah, designing some system. And then, exactly. Yeah. And then when all was said and done, I'd stand in the doorway and look back and just be like, wow, I like that. And Adderall was the only thing that did that. Like, it, 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 in a way, it sparked acceptance of change. Hmm. By way of hyper-focusing on that one thing. Yeah. And not being able to let it go. Yeah, but not being afraid to get started. Correct. Or timid about it at all. Correct. Very much. So for me, I was, I was when I was young, I always had, you know, most, most kids do, a huge imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, but it never really bled outside of headspace. Um, what I noticed with, specifically with the combination of, of marijuana and Adderall, that really sparked my creativity side. Were you drawing? No, um, but it, it was, you know, like I mentioned, the rearranging of things mm-hmm. or the, the sparking of accepting change, going outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, because I was so kind of hyper focused on something, I didn't give a, a shit about anything else that was going on around me. I yeah. care, care less. And that's one of the things that I've heard it done that some people in, in all the research I've done that they say the cognitive thing, it doesn't actually like increase your IQ or anything like that. But what it actually does is the surge of dopamine from the amphetamine gives you so much confidence Yeah. that the confidence alone allows you to perform better because you don't get in your own way. Right. And I mean, that's, right. that's true. There was, there was never, that's a very good point because if I recall, there was never a point where when I was on Adderall and I was in the middle of doing something that I questioned it. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever. You know, was, this is what I'm doing and I'm not stopping till it's done. And then once I started with my weed smoking and get, that became more intense, it kind of opened my eyes to, well, this is what Adderall does for me. This is what weed does for me. How can I find that middle ground and be successful with both of them? Hmm. And that was really hard to find because they're very two different substances. Yeah. But um, what I found was, and I came to the ultimate realization that I don't need Adderall. And my creativity was still there with weed. My drive was still there with weed. My confidence was still there with weed. Why do I need Adderall? And obviously the culmination or the, the pivotal moment was that heart attack. Yeah, your body saying, like, we can't take this. You're like, dude, what are you doing to me? Yeah, you're you microdosing know? heart attack. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Especially, you know, I, I don't agree, looking back, I don't agree that you should start a 15-year-old on 100 milligrams of no, no. You know, that is a stupid dose. That's crazy. Stupid you know, I, I started when I was 7, which is crazy, but when I was 7, it was 15 milligrams. Yeah. Was it Ritalin or Adderall? It was Dexedrine. Okay. So it was an amphetamine, but Adderall hadn't been patented yet. So sure. it was a, sure. you know, Adderall's grandfather or dad. Yeah. But then when I was when I was 15, I started on Adderall, but I was taking 20 milligram time release with five or 10 milligram salt in the afternoon. Okay. And that was enough. That I felt, should. I felt. On, I was on fire. I had taken some of those because. Yeah. You know, it, when I was going through high school and college, that was the big Adderall push. 
you know, the big ADHD, yeah. the ADD yeah. push, like drugs, bring them on. Yeah. Um, part of the same yep. movement. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had my prescribed dose and I was curious, like, what would a, what would a lesser dose do for me? So because of the amount of drugs that were pushed into the community and the ADD and ADHD movement, I had access to various dosage through friends, friends of friends, and I tried lower dosages, and it was great. Like, it didn't give me that weird head feeling. It didn't give me the jitters. It, you know, it actually, it was functional. So I I highly disagree with how high I was prescribed. That's crazy. I know one other person who had that, and I don't understand. And, I, you know, I, I don't know if it came down to money yeah if he was getting you know i have no idea i, I don't, I don't want to think that way but it makes me think that way yeah i try not to but i always do you know because I, like, I mean in the research that's that's why it's there but you know, right it's like, a product what is the point of putting a child on that amount of drugs yeah or any amount or exactly yeah, or any I, amount for that matter they they say you know your frontal lobe doesn't develop till you're 25 mm-hmm. and that add is a is a deficit of executive function, which is in the frontal lobe. Yep. So why don't you let that thing cook? Right. Before let we, it develop before yeah, you see what happens. Before you burn it. Yeah. Burn it out, or just confuse it, or make it reliant upon an external source to maintain its own homeostasis. Exactly. All that. And exactly. Because then I'm like, Am I, do I have ADD, or do I just have like lifelong amphetamine withdrawal symptoms? <laughs> like I don't know what what I'm really dealing with. Or am I just point. generally, you know, yeah, interested in a million things, and I can't focus on one. Yeah, this is just, I have to figure out how to channel this, which working with my hands was a huge solution. Because once I started doing that, I, it didn't matter. It, I, could work, it, I could work it, all day. It almost works the same way. It hones you in. Yeah. Number one, you're interested. Number two, it involves motor function. Number three, you love what you're doing. Yeah, so and like it, figuring it out. And it, it, it keeps your mind occupied. I think a lot of my trouble was... There was so much stimulus out there, I didn't know what to focus on or what the right thing to focus on was. Because it's all interest. Right. Except for school. Yeah. That did not interest me. So everything around me interests me, and I'll turn into that. Same. I, I, interest, I was interested in, like, that kid, the teacher's emotional state. Like, the, the actual room was always so interested to me. The, the kid with the cool backpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I was always you, just you know. staring at whatever posters the teacher had, whatever stupid poster. Yep. You know, I would... I would burned it into my mind yeah and I had a lot of trouble growing up reading Mm -hmm. because I would sit down get a book in front of me and I before I knew it I would realize I had read like 10 pages but I had been thinking about something else the entire time yeah your eyes roll over the words while you think I had no idea what I read like I I would you know kind of snap out of it or wake up if you will Mm -hmm. and I'd be like but it's it's I don't remember any of this it's a learned skill it is you can do it now right I can do it now yeah, so, um, and I love it. Yeah. So that's what I'm wondering. Like, here we are, a couple guys who are diagnosed ADD as kids who don't take medication. We're doing fine. But, you know. Have you looked into any research um, with adult prescribed at yeah. all? I mean, I know a bunch of people who take it. What are their thoughts? I don't know. I actually talked to one guy, and like you had said, like, you were saying for you on 100 doses, that guy on 20, you're like, that sounds functional. And then me, I was like, well, that's what I was on. And 
that wasn't functional. It was still habit forming. It was still sure, of course. powerful. I talked to this guy who said he takes 2.5 milligrams. Okay. I'm like, that sounds functional. But nonetheless, what happens is he, he takes it to work and he cannot work without it, even though it's just 2.5, which really He's is a microdose. On it. Yeah, so it, it might not be as damaging and it might not turn him as much into like an empty shell driven sure. by speed as you and I were at sure. a point. But it's still it's dependence and and I just wonder like I know a lot of people who got started with their jobs on 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 Adderall and now they cannot function without it. Yeah, if, if they lost their prescription they lose their job. You know, and that it, makes me grateful I found a way out. Me too. You know, but I, I, I was curious about the difference between, you know, let's say adolescent prescribed Adderall use versus adult once your once your brain has been developed mm-hmm. and how that affects. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, I stopped taking it when I was 23. Okay. So I wasn't exactly I was, tw- I was 22. Yeah. So I was still, I guess, developing. But it kind of kept me in a place where I wasn't growing up. I felt like actually because it was almost like it was this behavior that was associated with my childhood Mm -hmm. so that while I was continuing that behavior it was almost like I couldn't go to the next part of life until I put that down kind of like yep I I had a similar experience it's almost as if you can't you don't know where to go with your life yeah because you've been in such a routine that you know now that's gone what do I do now yeah, it's scary. And it's then, terrifying. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I didn't quit willingly. Like, I didn't have an experience like that. I was doing fine. I just lost my prescription. I had a similar situation. I had a doctor up here. I was in Florida okay. who was writing prescriptions. And then eventually he said, like, same deal. He's like, you, you should probably come in. You yeah. should probably have a chat. You know, yep. I've been sending him these. And it's kind of weird. And I couldn't get home. And I just white knuckled it. And, and I'm sure that was rough. It was really bad. Did you have major withdrawals? I had really bad withdrawals. What did you experience? I experienced a serious depression. Yeah. Just like, and I I called it like that Adderall, I had something called an advocate, which was like a a pharma rep voice in my brain that was always telling me I needed it, you know, because I couldn't get out of bed, I couldn't get anything done, and I was like just such a lazy, lazy person. And it's like this voice is just like, oh, if you had Adderall, you wouldn't be in you this wouldn't situation. You wouldn't be this way. This is all because maybe you do have a problem. Accept it. Accept it. You are flawed. You need this medication. You are not of this world. You need a chemical adjustment. You're so destroyed. And it, w- it was, you know, really dark areas. And I would have to remind myself, like, oh, this is just a withdrawal. Yeah. This isn't me. You're stronger than this. This is a withdrawal. And I just forced myself to run. Sure. And that was awesome. Sure. Just, it gave you the endorphins, the yeah. almost the same effect. Yeah, I mean, like, it, and it's interesting. It's that it, I felt calm afterwards and just capable and just doing hard things. And I realized that I, in my whole life, I never really worked hard. I'd worked, I would, I would say, I worked compulsively. Yeah, I worked a lot, but it wasn't hard. Hard work is doing it when you don't feel like it. Hard work is doing the job that makes no like extended release in terms of your results. You Correct. know that Correct. delayed gratification, satisfaction over pleasure. Yes. And that was the hardest thing. And, and I thought of like parenting myself because I was like, okay, if I'm starting back at the seven and a half year old kid who's smart and bright, but just a little needs some discipline. Sure. And I joined a Kung Fu dojo. Okay. 
I said, I would take that kid to Kung Fu. And that got you the, yeah. the discipline. I joined, you know, martial arts. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. And, but it, it, it taught, you know, this is how, you know, you start with this, there's this, you don't deviate from this. So just really, and I think what was essential is I was consciously doing that. I was like, I'm going to Kung Fu for my ADD because I can't do anything. Right. And if I, if it's like, there's a process to this, there's a warm up, there's a this, there's a that, there's one way to punch. There's not a million ways to do it here. So just giving me that discipline and that discretion to like choose things almost mm -hmm. to not do everything, but to be more. And it gave you purpose, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And good posture. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Know, just, there's, Absolutely. A, there's a physical side to all of it too. Of course. And I think exercise for me is crucial. And as an adult, I feel like there's all these things that's like manage your ADD. If you go online and you like see ADD stuff, it's all like, here's what you can do for your ADD, ADD, ADD. And I'm like, uh, my thought is that's all stress related. Yep. So really it's like you manage your stress. You go to like the root. Yep. The ADD for me is a symptom of stress. Sure. You know, and, sure. and managing that. Sure. I mean, I, like I told you, I was a competitive swimmer and that, that kept me occupied till I tore my shoulder in college and then I stopped. Um, and there was a period of, I don't know, eight, nine years where I wasn't exercising. I went from 220 pounds to 280 pounds. And I just got back, you know, shortly before I met you at Gold's, um, back into the gym. And I was gone, you know, one or two days a week. And I was like, man, I really like this. You know, it was helping me diminish the stress. Um, it helped me in a way... Not that I, I needed to or wanted to, but it helped me slow my weed consumption. Um, and what it's turned into, I'm now there five days a week, two hours a day. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Um, my stress level's down. I'm not smoking as much. I'm not looking back. I'm motivated. And I think you struck the, the key critical point there. I think a lot of ADD is stress-driven. Now, when you were on it, when you were seven, you, I imagine you were probably, probably weren't very stressed. When I was on the medication? Prior to it. No. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't consider a seven-year-old a stressful life. Yeah. It can be, depending yeah. on your environment. Yeah. But high school, there's a lot going on. Yeah. It's definitely a lot more stress-induced environment. Yeah, and they don't teach you how to manage it. No, they do not. No, they do not. It's, I, I look at the, the public education system as almost a glorified babysitter. Yeah. Because if you look at the homeschool side of things, the curriculum calls for two, two and a half hours a day. Yeah. Or we were in public school for, what, eight hours a day? Yeah. It's, it's... What's, what's the point other than allow your parents to work, keep the kids occupied, mm -hmm. and indoctrinate them to serve the Rolling. system exactly yeah exactly to learn how to be workers and i think that's always kind of the thing with the add kid is that they they want to do something weird or odd and in order for me to have in order for you to have the, or a child to have basically a desk job because yep. that's what being a student in a public school is yep they need to do this it's it's training for that yeah. training for the workforce of america yeah and following instructions complacency yep and obedience yeah, it's sad. It is. It's really sad looking back on it. And a lot of my friends, 
of whom experienced Adderall or were prescribed it for, you know, however long a duration, they're starting to pull their kids out of school. Mm-hmm. And homeschooling. And homeschooling. Yeah. My, my wife was homeschooled and she's well adjusted. There's so much more enrichment. Yeah. You can find enough socialization mm-hmm. for the child. Self-motivation. Yep. If it's done right. Yeah, That's of course. Well, it has to be done right. Yeah, there are people who homeschool and totally just do whatever they want. Yeah, or nothing, or teach their kids that it's whatever. Sure. You know, dinosaurs aren't real. I don't know what they are. <laughs> sure, sure. Whatever they've got going on in their head is what yeah, they're yeah, teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can go both ways. Of course. It, but it's you you give but the parents more power. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's how the parent approaches it with the child. I think it's a lot more beneficial on the broad spectrum than like let's say a small sample group of those that aren't doing what they should or teaching the things that are beneficial for the child yeah and, and sometimes i wonder the play is actually the actual attention deficit is attention from teachers and caretakers that's where the deficit is it's like the ki- it's not that the kid can't pay attention it's that he needs more attention he or she right i mean needs how- more attention giving to them because they have more more specific needs more more questions. I mean, I, I yeah. was pretty my my main problem was questions. Yep. Like I have the documents. Yep. Off co- off topic. I wanted to know this. I wanted to know that. Curiosity. Yeah. And that needed more attention. Yep. From someone else, and they couldn't give it to me. So and well. with you know Something being a student in a class of twenty twenty five kids per one teacher, there's only so much attention to go around. Yeah. So you can either change the environment or change the internal chemistry of the subject. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, my overall experience, uh, I mean, it's kind of twofold. I, looking back, I'm not thrilled that any of that happened, obviously. Yeah. It led to a heart attack. Um, But I'm also in a way grateful that it did because it taught me how to self-regulate I had to teach myself what worked for me to fill that void whether it be attention whether it be the two the combination of marijuana and Adderall sparking the creative side of my mind or you know just allowing me to be confident and branch out more so definitely twofold. I don't mm-hmm. like that I was on it, yeah. but I like that I was on it. Yeah, and that's that's the conflict that stinks is that I loved it a little bit, and I had this weird relationship. Mm-hmm. Like it was a, it's a whole thing. Would I go back? No. Yeah. Would you put your kid on it? No. <laughs> yeah. No. I would try and you know, and I'm I'm not I'm not gonna say that it, you know hey marijuana was my outlet. Yeah. Let's try that for my child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. Um, but I, I now know, and I feel like I'm now set up to help find that outlet, whatever it may be, for your kid in that situation or... before turning to drugs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that's the thing too. Is we don't try anything. Right. We don't make it. At least in my case, I think they've gotten better now. But in my case, there were no adjustments made prior. That was first motive attack. Yeah. It was introduced amphetamines. It was zero to 100 milligrams for me. That's insane. It's nuts. Were you a better swimmer? Were you better at everything? 
Yeah. 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 Sleep. (laughs) Not much. Yeah. Not much. I I had a hell of a time falling asleep. Yeah, I started taking Nyquil in high school. But if I started, and that's another one of the reasons why I started smoking because it would let me come off of it. Yeah. And I would fall asleep. Yeah, people do that a lot. They do. I mean, there's specific weed strains out there for that. (laughs) Wow, I didn't. I mean, it's it's not not specifically defined, you know, defined as. You know, if you're taking Adderall and you can't sleep, smoke this. Yeah, I guess indica is what but you're getting at. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and especially with the medical realm and how that's developed, you, you know, there's a lot more science behind it and specific mm-hmm. strains you can take to, you know, whether you have insomnia or, you know, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. there's something for it. Yeah. But that's the drug world we live in now. Yes, it's every, every personality has a prescription. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it's like, what is what is this, this like, normal psychiatric model that we're all being pushed towards with different men? Oh, you're too sad, take this. Oh, you freak out, take this. Like, what is this, you know, perfect thing? You know, it's funny. Right. And I think it's, if you look at the broad side of it, I, I think it's an America problem. Hmm. I, I think, you know, there's definitely a presence of, of Adderall and, and drugs everywhere in the world let's let's say europe for example but i'm curious to see if they have the vast issues with drugs that we do here no not from what and I've i would seen. say no they don't have direct consumer no. advertising so no. that's there's no asking your doctor for anything right you come to the doctor with symptoms and then they tell you there's no ask your doctor if this is right for you anywhere but the united states and new zealand actually for some reason there you go and also like they're so much stricter with the medications in other countries. One thing I, I think is was neat is like, because I've become like an Adderall historian in some ways, during the Olympics um, in 2020, I think, mm-hmm. Simone Biles, yes. she was in doing the gymnastics, Simone Biles, like they, they leaked a file on her that she had taken Adderall and then she said with pride, like yeah, I have ADD, I'm not ashamed of my medication. And I'm like, I could probably do those backflips too. And then I was, but then, you know, I know when she went to Japan, that Japan recognizes Adderall as a useless substance. Japan refuses, if you, no matter if you're a prescription or anything, they do not allow that substance to, to go on the soil in Japan. And when she went to the Olympics in Japan, I remember I was thinking, I was like, how's this going to go? Yeah, how's it going to go? And she got the whizzies or whatever, uh-huh. and she backed out. Yep. And my thought was that she came there and she said, no, I'm trained. I can handle this. I can do this. And then she... You know, she bowed out. She said, I, I know never, I can't do that. I never thought about it. I bet that was withdrawal. Yeah. Can you imagine withdrawing an Adderall and having to get a gold medal? With all that stress? Yeah. It's insane. That's what everybody's been talking about for years. Yeah. That's all you... That's and all then you go in without the thing that's kept you steady? That keeps it going. That's giving you the edge to win. And Japan just says, like, nope. That's a good point, man. Yeah. yeah there's... It's a really hard thing when you think back on it. Like like I've been describing, there's a good side to it. There's a really bad side to it. Yeah. Is it necessary? Is it not? No, it's not necessary. I don't think so either. But I but I have to say, like, like you know, like, where does it fit? Because it's been pulled out of Pandora's box of... It has. ...of chemistry. You yep. know, we've pulled it out. It's here. Yep. And my thought is at least, like, in case of work, (laughs) you know, like, if you got a 
twenty hour day ahead of you in work. You say, all right, I'll just go to Seven Eleven and get or the pharmacy, or you know, where does it fit? Because daily use isn't it, right? But you can't regulate occasional use with such such a high level of substance. No. No, because it's not it's not sustainable. Yeah. Look at me for example. What? You know, it led to a heart attack. Yeah. And and people don't talk about that at all. It's really hard to find stories where it does. Yeah. And it's rarely talked about. I think like opiates and benzos, they kind of get the attention when it comes to dangerous overprescribed drugs. Yep. Where no one writes about Adderall because all the journalists are taking it and they don't yeah, want to. It gets the asterisks. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's not incorporated into that volume of research. It's not. It's really hard to find research on Adderall that's not that's a little more obscure, you know, like I I found an article about Parkinson's mm-hmm. and because Parkinson's is when your dopamine circuits are so worn out that they you can't produce dopamine. Right. Well how does Adderall work? That sounds like it could go there and and uh, yeah the only study I found the conclusion was more research needs to be done on this topic and that makes sense because it hasn't been around too long exactly and, and people you know how's, so, how's our system and stuff like that we may be those test subjects down the road I know hopefully not yeah, they, I mean we, you and I not. stopped and we uh, taking, we found a way out yeah but taking care of our health but you know things I think that in the dialogue people it's are so uh, seduced by feeling good that they can't, they can't imagine it, and they keep making excuses. At least I did, because I remember I, I did a boatload of research on Adderall, on Adderall. Okay. So I was on Adderall. I wrote like a twenty-page paper, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is bad." And <laughs> I was like, but I can't stop, you know. I was like, "But I did it." Yeah, I knew it was. So at some point, I knew it was wrong, and I knew it was damaging. But it's almost like I, I had to. Did you did you ever try and stop after that, after doing that that research? And it, it is that what led you to those depressive withdrawals? No. Or was that just I did that strictly after like you two, stopped? Two years later is when I stopped after that research. Okay. I I knew. It so was, you were caught in that in that kind of hamster wheel of I still need this. Yeah, or just it's worth it, or you this know, is just how it is. Yeah, it's like I knew that I was doing something dangerous. Sure. And I just kept going. But you couldn't stop. No, I couldn't. And and I kept, it's like, the Adderall whispered in my ear excuses as why it was helpful and that, oh, you know, just take this Adderall, finish this project, make a million bucks and retire. You know, just sure. like, it gave me delusions of grandeur. And, like, not, not like, too crazy, but I thought I was pretty cool. Sure. I thought, and I thought I was, like, something special, and I thought that I had an edge that other people has like oh when they go to sleep i stay up i got i'm like i'm the i'm the i'm built different or or yeah you know i have people coming to me for what i have because they feel they need it oh i never told anyone i was on it that was a problem too because i was embarrassed so you were embarrassed but that was your edge yeah so i i wanted to so some people were like wow like you're crazy, you know, or what? And I'm like, yeah, it's just, you know. How do you do it? Yeah, and, and I'm like, I'm just different. I'm built different, you know, or something like that. I'd give these excuses, like, how did you stay up eight hours? It's like I was just inspired, and you know, I was lying. Yeah. And that 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 didn't help either. No, and that's it. It quietly, slowly, just 
shepherded me to being a standard drug addict. And it wasn't until I stopped, because your whole support system, doctors, parents, teachers, my parents didn't even know at this time, this was just solo, but like, they, they're happy with the results. Sure. So, so there's not a problem. So you don't feel like the typical drug addict, you're like, oh, there he goes. But once I started withdrawing and I was observant of my behaviors, I was like, I'm acting like a drug addict. Mm-hmm. It happened. Like, wow. Because I... This is what I've become. I was like texting people, like, please, I know this is weird. I know you barely know me, but I heard you take this. Can you please just sell me a couple? You know, and I was, I just... Yeah, it's it's almost a gateway, and I described that to you that day in the sauna. It was a it was a gateway for me to marijuana mm-hmm. and other recreational drugs. Yeah, because I, I you know I knew how I felt on this, and it, and like I said, with that that spark of creativity, it led to experimentation. Yeah, which in a way I enjoyed. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but. Thinking back on it, I was like, man, I really went down the rabbit hole. And I don't, I would not have gotten there if it weren't for Adderall. Because that's what started it. Yeah. Especially at such an early age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just taking drugs, doing the D.A.R.E. program on drugs. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, eventually, it all equals out and balances out. Oh, sure. But, I mean, what do you, do you do anything now specifically for ADD or just exercising, taking care of yourself? I don't feel like I, I'm not going to say I don't feel like I have ADD anymore because it's not something that's going to go away, but I feel like I've grown to adapt to my existence and my surroundings that I can tune out what I want to tune out and tune into what I'd want to tune into. You know, I, I now have that ability. I've almost in a way trained myself to be able to hop in and hop out. How do we should, as up. as necessary? How do you get kids on that? You know, how do you teach that? I don't know that you can. Yeah. I don't know that you can. I think that's got to be a per individual basis and individually researched by no one but that one person. So people need to just kind of have some kind of personal I don't, growth. Yeah, I, I don't want to say of their own. You got to figure it out, but you got to figure it out. Yeah, I mean that's that's you know. Yeah, I mean that's what people ask me all the time. I say I did this, I did this, I did this, but what was key was I did fifty other things that didn't work. Yep. And Trial and error. Yeah, just keep messing around until something, and it's slow and stuff like that. But I wonder if I could have. You know, it's so easy to be here now, and if I could go back to a 15-year-old and be like, oh, Andy, you just got to listen. <laughs> listen, this is what you do. And literally, like, there are, like, 40 adults who came to me with that, like, I see you doing this, man. And I'm like, yeah, fuck off, bro. You know? Uh-huh. But, like, so it's really hard to get across yeah. to a 15-year-old. But... Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, almost, it's almost life in a nutshell, you know what I mean? Like, the only way to figure out what works for you is to try a whole slew of different shit. Mm-hmm. And if something works, stick with that till it doesn't. And then you got to find the next thing yeah. that works. Stick with that till it doesn't. And then find the next thing. Stick yeah. with that till it doesn't. And eventually, that process becomes a skill. Correct. Of regulating. I think that's really what correct. Is that word regulate? You know, first it was marijuana for me. Mm-hmm. Then it was 
finding things that interested me highly. Like what? Um, let's start with video games. Mm-hmm. Like video games would take my full attention. Reading at a point would take my full attention. Work, working with my hands took mm-hmm. my full attention. Finding things that provided me gratitude. Working with my hands, diving into a difficult difficult project, wiring up a motor, figuring it out, troubleshooting. It's not working now. Diving into the problem, figuring it out. You flip the switch and it works. Yeah, satisfying. Super satisfying. Mm-hmm. Things like that is is kind of was my progression, and now I have the the gym outlet. You know, and and that is developed from like I told you you know one or two days a week now I'm in there 10 hours a week five days yeah you know do I see it developing more than that no yeah because my body can't sustain that no but is it working hell yeah it's working you know I feel better I'm losing weight and I'm not falling back into a depressive state or not knowing what I want to do with my life you know, I've, I've learned how to cope with my ADD and not let it be an issue. Or, on the flip side of that, learn how to live with the ADD and how it makes me function and just kind of let that drive the ship. You know what I mean? Yeah. If this is how I am, I need to embrace that and figure out how I can make it functional. And a lot of that is like we've been saying, trial and error. You got to try things or you don't know. Yeah. Is it going to work? Is it not? You never know unless you try. But the only way to learn is by failure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're familiar with that. Yeah. yeah I, and I, that's it. I keep failing. Yeah. It's great. You'll never learn unless you fail. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a life lesson that's been around since the beginning of time. Yeah, yeah, and one of the things interesting too, what you're saying is um, Hippocrates. You know that guy, mm-hmm. father of medicine. Mm-hmm. He he had a thoughts on ADD too. He called it fire over water because they had this humor system where mm-hmm. everyone's constitution was fire, water, earth, and air. Sure. And he said ADD is a constitution too much fire, and his prescription was to eat fish, to drink extra water, and exercise vigorously. And fishes, omegas, and stuff and, like that and, too. And how long ago was that? Uh, like 400 years before Christ or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Did we just find the answer? I think so. I mean, I would like to eat more fish. Yeah, but, yeah, I, you know, through trial and error, yeah, yeah we vigor, found the answer. Vigorous exercise is huge. Yeah. 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 And, I, you know, without Adderall... <laughs> And exercise, I went into a pretty high, highly depressive state for those 10 years. I had no motivation. Mm-hmm. I would go to work, I'd come home, I'd sit on the couch, I'd stuff my face with pizza and watch TV till I felt like going to bed. And I was in that cycle over and over and over again, and that's how I gained 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, and it took me 10 years through constant failure to find the next outlet that would help me self-regulate and really that was a new job in the gym that simple a new trigger 
or, or a new a new um, what's the word I'm looking for? Stimulus. A new stimulus, and I'll call the gym a new outlet. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. something to gain my attention and something to offload the stress. Yeah, that works. It did. I wonder how long it's gonna work for. It could work forever. I mean, it could. It could, or I may need, you know, in a handful of years, may need to adjust course and find yeah. something else. Well, I, I think, too, like, I wonder as a kid, if I was just giving caffeine, it's like, okay, this kid does better at school, stimulants, can you try caffeine? Yeah. And that's the thing, too, I have to come around to is, like, supplements and sometimes trying this or that. And I've tried so many things, but I work so hard to try, like, nothing. And that's that's the thing, without... You know, a, the the supplements, that is a, a chemical change within you that your body will adjust to mm-hmm. at a certain point, and it's no longer going to work. Yeah. So it, it, I've almost found that it's, it's a hell of a lot more beneficial to find a physical outlet or stimulus. Yeah. Because that is sustainable. Yeah. And diet. until mentally, mm-hmm. until mentally, you just get tired of it. And what you eat, because that's where the Oh, food what you put in is huge. Yeah. And I noticed that too watching my kids, because I like look at everything and they say the preservatives, the food colorings, the this and that, they cause ADD. And they say, you're like, we're out sometimes. And he eats, he eats something, and that's like, oh, there he goes. Bouncing off the wall? Yeah. 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 They're, they're these, I think a lot of people, myself included at times, have thought like they're exempt from the physical ramifications of what they consume. Mm-hmm. You're not. Nobody, no. nobody is. Your body doesn't know the difference. And then some people say, oh, it, it, the amphetamine works different in a person with ADHD. And it's like, your mitochondria doesn't know. No. No. Has no idea. Everyone has the same reaction, ADD or not. Yep. It's just how that reaction's perceived from somebody looking at you on the other side of the table. Yeah. But as far as the feelings you experience, you experienced what I experienced. A couple of my friends that I've had a conversation with since you and I sat down in that sauna. Mm-hmm. Um, they experience what I experienced and what you experienced. It's all it's all the same. Yeah, yeah. The the, the similarities are are uncanny. And it's I all wasn't interrupting. They're you. all very different people. Mm-hmm. That's why I think that's why I think it's like a visitor. It's like we've all had the same person or the same consciousness in our house in yep. our body. That yep. we've all had this visitor that makes us clean our house, that makes us work a lot but get nothing done. Yeah. That you know makes it I don't know about you but when I peed it like kept dribbling yeah what the fuck yeah I know <laughs> like, I know because I, I, I talked about that with people I don't they go me too and it's like all these quiet people are like peeing their pants a little bit for the yep. sake of getting a, an edge in school and it's like right. what is this what's the point yeah they don't tell you that but everyone experiences it damn yeah I mean I don't know man I, I would not advocate for Adderall yeah. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's helpful long term. You know, it may, it may be helpful for certain very specific things. But I can't really put my finger on what those things would be. Fighter jet missions? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but the amphetamine on those G-forces may fucking kill you, you know? No, that's, they, that's they do it. I believe it. Bomber. That's where that's where it uh it entered the military. They tried to do it for blood pressure. The well, blood pressure because it, like, if they raise your blood pressure, uh-huh. they didn't have pressurized cabins. 
they gave it to bomber pilots who were at high altitude, and they were like, yeah. Why does everything start with the military? We <laughs> <laughs> got the money and... The resources. Mm-hmm. Mm. It didn't start there. It started with asthma, trying to cure asthma, but then it, it, led, to the it led to the military. It's, a, it's been a wild ride, I'll tell you that much. For Adderall or for you? Both. <laughs> Both. I'm, Both. Glad, I'm glad you survived the cardiac arrest. Yeah, yeah me too, man. Me that's, too. That's pretty... Grateful it was mild. It didn't require an operation, you know, but it was the wake-up call I needed. The man upstairs, if you believe in one, telling you cut the shit. Yeah. You don't need it. Yeah, you got to go to the edge to step back. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Yeah, there. Okay. That was Joe from the sauna. Thank you so much for listening. If you've listened for this hour, I appreciate you donating your your mental bandwidth to listen to our conversation, and I hope in one way or another it helps you. And if you want to learn about my personal experience and read a book I wrote, you can find that at rlkramer.us. Click book and you will find the link to check my book out.